on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. L-M-O-Y-T. What a bunch of letters. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. L-W-A-S-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our acronym, and you can find our podcast with that. You can find our Twitter feed with that acronym. You can find us on our YouTube channel, which is terrific. And, uh, oh, I don't know. We're on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We uh, stream our show first on mutinyradio.fm, which is uh, on the internet, internet radio. Yeah. And you can hear us every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to make a day of it, why don't you listen to the show before us at noon? It's called The Edge of Insanity. It's hosted by Paul Brumbaugh. And Carl, what's the movie today? What are we watching? We are going to watch The Taking of the Pelham 1, 2, 3. But... 1998, okay? Yeah. Not 1974, what? not the current one. Wait, wait, wait. The Taking of what? the Pelican 1, 2, 3, 1998. It, it, so the one with Denzel, it, it was not the first remake? It was the second remake of this movie? Yeah. It was one in 1990. That's right, exactly. Now, you want to... Oh, Pelham is P-E-L-H-A-M, and you want to write out the letters, one, two, three, in the English words, and then put in 1998 okay. so you get the right one, because there's choices. And we yeah, the like real one. channel Gregorian Barada, B-U-R-A-D-A, Gregorian Barada. All right, sounds good. So we want you to watch this movie and listen to our podcast at the same time to truly experience us. Uh, and we also, we have no sponsors today, but we want you to make a donation to Mutiny Radio for being the best. And yeah. we give it up, of course, to uh, Pam, Bam Benjamin, the station Bam manager, Pam Benjamin, <laughs> for making everything happen. So I want you to go to Venmo and donate some money to at Mutiny Radio. And then that's the only and also, we want you to subscribe to The Edge of the Sanity because not only is uh, Paul Brumbaugh the uh, show, host the show before us, he's also going to do the countdown for us today, the countdown us hitting go. We want you to hit the link for the Taking a Pen, Pell Ham 123, XBiz, MP3. Uh, hit pause, move the slider to 000. And when Paul says go, we want you to hit the play button with us. Uh, of course, uh, Paul's not here right now, so we do have the next best thing, the Paul Brumbot. Uh, <laughs> Carl, if you may. Yes, here comes the Brumbot. All right, so let's get this started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumbot. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumbot. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumbot. And now. What you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals. The Countdown King himself. 
Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Uh, I love how uh, fake movies, uh, when you watch my TV, they'll say this film has been edited for content and for time restriction. Yeah. As if you're a real movie. Right. Right? It was this written, it was made TV? for TV. Yeah. Yeah, so what's up with that? Uh oh, too soon, Carl. Oh, no, that's not the World Trade Center. There it is. No, oh, there's the World right. Trade Center. Over the bridge. We saw it. Yeah, 1998, and you start off in the New York skyline. You know what's going to go next. That's right. There was Look at the, the uh, 96 bombing had happened. Right. Well, this is the subway system. This is a famous 1974 Walter Matthau movie about. I never really understood it, Carl. A bunch of criminals decide to hold up a subway. Yeah, they uh, the Pelham line. It's uh one the Pelham. It's the one train, the two train, or the express, the three. Oh, wow! Gosh, they are really ambitious. They're taking all the trains. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow, they sound like my commute. Huh? I gotta take the Pelham one, and then two, and then three. <laughs> By the way, this font is courtesy of Blender Magazine, 1997. Look at that. That's 90s font. Yeah, it is 90s font. It really is. Yeah, who? And Lorraine Bracco. Yep, that's right. Oh, so she's the Sopranos therapist. Yes, she, this is clearly uh, pre-Sopranos. And uh, it is also, uh, I think it's pre-Goodfellows. It must be. No, no. 90, you were talking about 1998. So Goodfellows is in the 91. Not, yeah, 90 or 91. Best known for her performance is Karen Freeman Hill in the 1990 Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas. So, yeah, this is okay. long after that, but way before Sopranos. This has a, oh God, what was that movie with the, the bicycle movie where Michael Shannon's the bad guy and it's, uh, uh, shit, the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. And he's like a quick, he's like a superstar bike messenger at the save the day. I, ah, you know what, it'll come to me. <laughs> okay, now, the it's first thing we saw see is one of the criminals and the very first thing he does is sneeze. That's important to the, to, oh. to the plot. Well, if I can spoil this movie, I've seen the original. That's the way Walter Matthau recognized the villain, because the villain sneezes on the phone, and then he talks to him at the end of the movie, and he has the same cadence sneeze. Right. Now, when he sneezes in the 1974 one, the, the main bad guy looks at him like, you know, you idiot, right? And right. so yeah. Walter Matthau's character notices... Hey, listen, did you hear that? Yeah. But that doesn't really happen in this one. Huh. I found that charming. You know, sometimes movies are fun when it, it doesn't seem like it's an amusement park ride where everything is mechanic. You know, like a human error occurs, and that's the downfall. You know, something unexpected like that. Points. Yeah. Like, that seems more natural. So I always like that movie about it. Oh, I feel like I could smell the scent of the subway already. <laughs> this movie is pretty good. Now, did you see the two no, kids? No yeah. 
Is that, is that gonna the younger one is also a pre-Sopranos actor. Oh, is it uh the son? Yeah, it's it's um it's not the son. It's a he was only in one episode of the Sopranos. It was a flashback to when Tony was a kid. Oh, I gotcha. So when was the Sopranos? You sent me. You really do act like it was before. It was after nineteen ninety eight. Well, like, I, I don't would think know it was concurrent. Sopranos started. Um, let's see if I that's in the nineties. Let me uh, do my uh, ask HBO. My HBO for HBO. Tell me more about the Sopranos. With pleasure. Thank you for your question. I was built to answer that question. The Sopranos is the highest singer in a choir. Oh, well, there. <laughs> is that helpful to you? According to Wikipedia. If I wanted Wikipedia, I would go ask fucking Wikipedia. Yeah, I would go browse to Wikipedia. Yeah. You cheater. Those voice uh, control devices, they're like, you know, cramming the information the night before. Well, according to Wikipedia.com, yeah, F. Can't get a book? <laughs> All right, so a bunch of shady people are waiting for the uh, subway. Yeah, and the truth is, this is not the New York City subway. This was all shot in Toronto. Oh. Well, yeah, because you you want a New York City movie without any flavor of New York City. Right, exactly. Oh, except her, right here. You see her? She's a flavor of New York City. She was born in Queens. Oh. So she's making this movie authentic. Yes, as is this guy who's right now getting held up. Oh, so they only have the New York actors as the drivers in it. Oh, I guess a couple people in the control room booth will be like, "What's going on?" No, they do the New York act. No, not her. Her this she that's Mrs. Brown. Ms. That's Mr. Brown, believe it or not, and she is actually all about Canada. She wormed her way into this production. Nice. I like that. It's a diverse crowd. You got Americans and Canadians. Now, uh, we should mention that uh, usually if you watch a television show on cable, they have what they call a buzz, which is a little logo that's in the corner of your screen. Yeah. But uh, we got to give it up to Gregorian Baruda for providing us a movie with the blurred screen. Oh, he sneezed. Yeah. As uh, said before. Do you remember wiping your nose with your gun back when you could? Yeah, before COVID, I used to wipe my nose with my gun. Didn't worry about it. but I was holding. Yeah, I was holding a Pelham four five six. You know, because uh, <laughs> in real life, that was that was really the subway to do. The um, this movie's so on one two or three. The Pelham one two three. You're not from New York, right. but so, you kind of are. I've never seen the first taking of Pelham one. And the, the sequel, uh, taking a film one, two, two. So I'm hoping this movie's better. You know, I don't want to get too confused because I've never now, seen the first two a, films. He is a subway driver who who's like disgruntled. He got fired, you know. So he's why. Pick it up. Uh, he, that's why he's part of this plot. Oh, I see. Is he going to get on the loudspeaker? I'm having a bad day. He is going to get on the loudspeaker, and he is going to freak out. 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. Right, and all the passages you're going to hear. Bad day. What? The loudspeaker said what? So I guess he's not going to get on the loudspeaker. He is going to talk to the cops. Um... And now this is our Denzel Washington, Walter Matthau cop, right? Oh, no. He's exactly. Oh, look at that. That cat has a mask. No, he doesn't. This is he's a copy. City, um, subway car. It's just not a New York City subway car. Now, even though I know New York real well, I, I didn't notice that until they told me. Like the New York City ones, they sort right. of look like the seats at McDonald's. Uh, they're hard plastic with uh, orange-colored uh, seat and kind of look like a pillow almost. Yeah, usually there's McDonald's foods on the on the seats. So these are retired oh. Toronto TTC subway system cars, and they were shipped to the scrapyard the day after the filming was over. Still disguised as huh. New York cars. Oh, so they didn't go to the wrap party, the cars? They it's just immediately sent them to the shipyard? Now, this is Edward Almost, and he's a cop, and for some reason, he's already in the subway. He's like on the transit oh, yeah. or something weird. And they're noticing that Pelham that, has stopped. Is that the subway nerve system? I guess. The, the, yeah. It's weird thing almost. He looks young, even though it's 1998. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him from uh, Blade Runner. That's how I got to know him. Okay. But wasn't he dressed up as an old man in that movie? That was 82. And then he's in the sequel, I think. Yeah, he is in the Blade Runner 20. Right, 2049. They should have called that 2049 and 2050 because that was one long movie. (laughs) Yeah, that movie was going great, it was going great, and then all of a sudden it said, yeah, we're going to suck for the rest of the film. Hey, do you guys like Tara Leto? We don't either, here he is. (laughs) Great. Did they wait like two hours into the movie before bringing in Jared Leto, because you can't get your money back. You sat (laughs) two years in the movie, buddy. (laughs) I didn't know, I didn't know he was in this movie. Sorry, man. I got Joker insurance. We're not paying you back. Okay, so they detach the other car, and they're just in one car. Now, in real life, it's two cars, because Toronto subway cars were like that. You have to have two cars attached. I don't know why, but they'll trick us throughout the film to make us think this is one cab, one car. Technically, there's only Pelham 1, 2 in this movie, but they're, they're using movie magic to make okay, it look like so Pelham Mike, 1, Mike, 2, 3. Mike, Mike, the way it works is there is a track of no, yes. a line of track called Pelham. It's called the Pelham line, right. okay? And you could get on right. one of three cars there. You can get on two local cars, right. the one or the two, but if a three comes along, it's only stopping at certain stations. So the Pelham 1, 2, 3 is... All the cars that run. I got you. So it's not three train cars on one connected together. It's three different lines. Correct. No, I I mean, it's not three different lines. It's one line, 
But there's three different types uh -huh. of trains. Three different types of trains. Oh, I got you. Perfect. And are they friends with Thomas the Tank Engine? Or am yes, I wrong they are. That? Two okay. locals and one express, oh. and the locals are friends with Thomas. Okay, oh, now. Oh, that's so sweet. Vincent D'Onofrio, I don't know how to say it. He's a Gomer Pyle yeah, from please. Full Metal Jacket. He's letting it yeah, be known they've sure. been hijacked. Oh, that's not nice. Is that the guy that, is he the Hulk? No, that's Mark Ruffio. Right. Ruffio. Ruffle chips. He looks like the Hulk, doesn't he? I, I guess, he yes. did Men in Black. Or... Yeah, Men in Black. He's, He's a minute. bug in Men in Black. Yeah. I guess he was good as Gummer Pile, too. That was a pretty good movie. It really was. <laughs> and um, he was... The, the Gomer Pyle character was a thin, skinny, redneck kind of guy. But when um, yeah. uh, the director... What's that famous director's name? When he saw this guy, he said it would be better if he was right. chubby and clumsy. That's how this guy got his gig. That gig. It's launched a career for him. Yeah, well, it's an intense, uh, intense role and intense preparation. And, yeah, he uh, wouldn't be on Law and Order I mean, if it wasn't for that. I think the last time I watched that movie was on a double video cassette. It's, uh -huh. been, a, it's been a while. I just, it's an intense movie. You don't, you know, you don't have to see it every day. You know what's funny is it is two movies, right? It's the movie at boot camp, right, yeah. the movie in Vietnam. It's two movies. Yeah, but that's what's so great about it is that the preparation it gives you it has nothing to do with what actually happens. You know, it's uh, trying to dehumanize you to the point where you attack back and then you uh, are sent off to this kind of crazy war. Anyway, I don't know what this has to do with column one or two or, or the Express, huh? See, no. I take notes, the three. Nothing. Can you okay. imagine being in Toronto in rush hour and there's only a two-car train that shows up at 5.15? At You're like, fuck you. Anyway, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm computer complaining. <laughs> well, no, we just missed uh, the line supervisors, like, getting frustrated. Why isn't he moving? I'm going down there. So he's going down there in person. Now, this guy, uh. is it's his lucky day, even though he doesn't know it. He's being told to go get the other passengers from the other train and walk them off of the tracks. So he's basically getting to go. Now she stands up and says, I gotta go. I have a doctor's appointment. And he's like, no way, no way. Then she says, this happened to me on the Long Island Railroad two years ago, and I can't take it again. So that must be a reference to Colin Ferguson. Oh, tell me, what was up with Colin Ferguson? Colin Ferguson in 96 was a guy who went batshit crazy and shot up a bunch of people on the LIE. And his court case oh. was very famous, and he represented himself like an idiot. Um, and, you know, Colin, you didn't hear of that yeah. shooting, I guess. You were deep in Frisco by that yeah. time. Not yet. I was deep in Frisco. That's right. Yeah. I wasn't really uh, involved in Long Island Expressway. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. you certainly heard of, like, um, uh, it was around the time of, like, um, what is it? What is it? Amy. What's her name? Uh, Butterfusco. Butterfusco. 
Amy Fisher. Amy, it was right? around the time of Amy Fisher and Donnie Bonafuco, whatever his name is. And this took a yeah, little bit Donnie of press time away from those guys. Holland. Yeah, I'm familiar with Joey Bonafuco and uh, Amy Fisher, the Long Island Lolita, but I'd never heard of Colin Ferguson, the Long Island Lolita killer. Joey Bonafuco, that's right, that's right. L-I- the L-I-E-D-O-A. <laughs> The lights went yeah, out. The third everybody out. They cut the power, and everyone got super scared. A, jittery. Every, yeah, have you ever been in a bar when it shuts down? People freak out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe. Yeah. I get it. We're underwater. Sucks. Now, he's Mr. Blue. Just like uh, Reservoir Dogs, they all have colors. So that we're looking right now well, is Mr. Green, and he's setting up uh, motion detectors. Now, Pelham 1974 also had the colors. That came before Reservoir Dogs. Yes. And Quentin Tarantino has so, to admit to something he didn't invent, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all in the spirit of you know, cultural appropriation. No, not even that. It's re, uh, they're uh, remixing. He's remixing existing uh, popular tropes. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, he's not ripping off wholesale. He's ripping off wholesale, but for a reason. Now this guy uh, is your typical. When, I'm a New Yorker. I'm the head of something in New York, so I'm all mad all the time. Good morning, Pelham. That's right. He's like, "What is this?" He's screaming, "Pelham, Pelham!" Answer me. <laughs> Yeah, hi. Long time listener, first time caller. I love <laughs> listening to Tell Them One, Two, Three. This is Gomer Pyle. <laughs> I'm here for the whole cognition. What do you mean, Mark Ruffalo? Here we go. Can we hear? Hey. So he Holy shit. What are you This must be the taking of Pelham one two three. Yeah, I take that train every day to work. Which one? The first, the one or the two or do the you take the express? The three. The three, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pelham one two three. I like how there's no one really on the subway. What exactly do you mean? Uh, they're always taking time. Do I look like Roy Thomas? Heavily armed. We have hostages. Uh-huh. And we're in a bad mood. And we have $20 in our PayPal account. Things are going to get fucked up. <laughs> Now, they wow. split those colors, Mr. Green, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown, and Mr. Gray, and only Mr. Right. Green's real name do we get to hear. Like in the 1974 one, we learn all of their names, um, but in this one, it's only this guy, his name's Herbert Langman. He's, at the end, they go to his apartment, you know? 
one of the henchmen is like, come on, Herbert, we got to take over this train. Don't use my name. I'm so sorry, Mr. Langham. I will never do that again. So now he's calling his old partner, um, Lorraine Bracco, <laughs> saying, you know, she's like, how are you liking the transit department? Things not enough for you there? And he goes, it's pretty real right now. We got a hijacking. Get down here. And she's like, I'll be right there. These guys, are. did they just shoot one day? Like, did almost just go into that one set and they're just like, go nuts. You would think with her accent that she's all New York. But she lived in France in 74. She was a fashion model. And she lived there for like 10 years. Um, and when she was she was modeling, this guy, his name's Mark Camoletti, I don't know, offered her a, a, a role, a major role in, for one of his plays in a film. And she took it for the right. money. She said it was a boring experience. Her performance was terrible. But everybody liked her. Uh, and she did two other French films just for the money. That's how she didn't even want to oh, be in the movies. Just for the money is a great French film. Delightful. Oh, really? <laughs> Should I put it in my? Well, and what about this? And what about this movie? She did it for the, the the experience. I think she was a movie star by this point, and she was a working actress. But in the '80s, she was a disc jockey for Radio Luxembourg. That's so crazy. Yeah. The soprano therapist or the radio DJ? And now if it's Luxembourg, I guess she was speaking French. I'm sure she's fluent in French. Yeah. She was one yeah, of the actors uh, they considered for Catwoman. You know, that uh, um, Tim Con Tim Burton's uh, Batman. Yeah, Batman Returns. Right, but she turned them down. Wow, he turned on Batman. Yeah, what that that yeah. cuckoo bird was uh, going for the part, remember? And she turned them down. No, cuckoo bird. I know who you're referring to. You're talking about Sean uh, Young. Who, yeah, right. For me, it's the same as cuckoo as anyone else. Yeah, she uh, made homemade audition tapes for the first movie mm -hmm. and sent it out and went public. But I don't think she was even in the running by the second. So. Oh, no, maybe you're right. Maybe she did it was for Catwoman. That's well, a weird uh, Tim Burton's uh, Batman was the one with Danny DeVito, and that was the Catwoman one. Oh, right. And she yeah, so showed have... up in person to audition. Officer, oh, what's going so on? Can you see him on the payphone? Yeah. Well, I gotta be right called him on the radio, and they said... Listen, we got to tell you something sensitive. Phone in. And that is that the train's been hijacked. So the one subway guy who's going down there to see what's going on, they're like, go stop him, you know. So he's right. going to get on the tracks. Good for him. He's able to use a payphone without wiping it down. That's really good. It's pre-COVID. Well, it's also like pre-broken payphone every every station. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, this is Toronto. Yeah. When was the last time you used There's still payphones in the uh, uh, BART stations. Like, if you ever needed a payphone, you should go to a, a subway station. Really? That's actually Seven very good. Yeah, because I don't know, you know. I used to walk around with quarters in my pocket all the time for the phone. Now, here's Michio Kaku. Okay, it's not Michio Kaku. Okay. okay, now we have, like, fake analysis of uh, Mr. Blue's mentality, you know? He's a mastermind! He's got everything planned down to the second. It's really quite ridiculous. He, uh, he's mellow, he's melancholic. he's, uh, depressed, he, uh, yeah. he has depression, he likes the ocean. You're just associating things with the word blue. No, no, he's a smurf, uh, he, uh, he's a Krishna. Uh, I'm gonna be late for my doctor's appointment. The, the kid's gotta go pee. Yeah, that's ridiculous, well, I'm just saying Is it number one or number two? Mr. Brown is getting upset. Uh, maybe it isn't right now. Maybe I'm wrong. But when he does go, it's a number one. Okay. Well, I mean, you, how many times have you seen this movie? I This is my only my third time. Uh, we uh, we kind of rushed oh. to. Okay. Yeah, now we have Mr. Gray. And Mr. Gray is the founding member of New Kids on the Block. Oh, that's Donnie W. Yeah. Oh, that's Wahlburger. Yeah. And I'd love to watch that show, Wahlburgers. That's a great show. It's like the one half hour advertisement after another half hour advertisement. But Donnie gets involved, and Jenny McCarthy, his wife, comes up. They come up with a Jenny Burger. And she doesn't Jenny like it. McCarthy is his wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's perfect for him. Yeah. He's, and she's all over, like, Wahlburgers, you know, because they'll be like, Wahlburgers is their other brother who's a cook and their mom, and they go into the franchise business. And so they have this one, you know, signature restaurant, and that's what the reality show is based on. And This is a real... Uh, they came up with the... Yeah. It's not that interesting, but it is kind of interesting. You know, it's one of those kind of reality shows where you... It doesn't really matter if you're watching it, but it's kind of all right. Well, my showed him as being part of the Saw films. Um, he was yes, in Band of it. Brothers. Like deputy. Yeah. Because it was uh, Danny Glover in the first movie and then Wahlberg in the second movie, like playing a depressed cop trying to chase after Jigsaw. I, I have never I seen too. a Saw film. I've never seen it. You never see Saw? I never saw That's Saw. Good. I've seen them all, and there's going to be another one, Spiral, with Chris Rock and Sam Jackson. Mm -hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, oh, my God. Those are some right? high-powered names for a Saw part blah, blah, blah. Movie, right? Wow. Well, that, that horror sequel, I think they made like six Saws, and then there was Jigsaw, which is kind of a spin on it, where there's like a new uh, mastermind. 
I learned a lot from those movies. I always take notes. Like, for example, if you wake up and your head's in the aquarium filled with uh, used hypodermic needles, best to swallow your tongue than to shake your, to cut your arm off. It's just, you know, general common sense. Mm-hmm. Admit that you ran over this kid in the 1984 and then swallow some broken glass. And, you, you know, you cathartically feel okay. You'll thank Jigsaw for it. So Mr. Blue tells Mr. Gray to leave the wo- woman alone. And he's like, you didn't say the magic word. What's the magic word? And he goes, the magic word is money. And then Mr. Gray, like, snaps too. No, he's right. Well, in 1998, it would probably be heroin. Yeah, man. Toronto heroin in the late 90s. So you didn't see the Walter Matthau film? I did see the Walter Matthau film. Oh, you did? Everyone wears snazzy hats. Yeah. They're all schlumpy. He's schlumpy. He slumps around. I think they they smoke cigarettes in the nerve center. And uh, at the end, he walks by a guy on the platform, and the guy sneezes funny, and he says, bless you. And the guy says, oh, thank you. And he goes, wait a minute, I recognize that. Wait. I recognize that sneeze. No, in the end, that happens at the apartment. Yes, that's right. They're they're off station. They made it to their destination. What about the Denzel Washington one? Well, it's been a while since I've seen that. Well, it's been a while since I've seen the other one too. Yeah, I think it's the same thing at the end. Yeah, but okay, so you did see them both, right? Right. This is the only Pelham I haven't seen. I've seen Pelham one, and I've seen Pelham one too. So Johnny. John Travolta in Denzel Washington's version is like a crazy, crazy, right? But in this film and the original, the guy's pretty, pretty cold, right? He's pretty, pretty to the point and calculated. I forgot Travolta's in that movie. God, it's so ridiculous. Okay, so now it's time to pee. So the boy goes to pee and it's a number one pee. Oh, is this going to be on which rail? Don't piss on the third rail. The power that act two. Power's off. Power's off. Boy. Oh, okay. Are they going to the restrooms in the subway station? But what we're going to get right. here piss is on. the transit worker. Uh, she starts to soft talk uh, Mr. Brown. It's like, look at the necklace, oh. which is an AK-47. And she's like, what does that make you tough? Are you bad? I used to be bad. I was so bad I lost my kid. Now I got a job. I got my son back. You could be on the good yeah. one too, girl. Yeah, but Mr. Brown's not taking it. Yeah, Mr. Brown takes it. Mr. Brown tries to be tough. But, uh, you know, it's hard around Babs. She's very convincing. Yeah. A lot of people say my AK-47 necklace is a conversation starter. Thank you. (laughs) Now, um, Mr. Brown was all over TV um, in the 90s, and it sort of seems like she's gone back to Canada now. But she was in um, Silver Surfer TV series, just one episode. She was in ER as a doctor. She's uh, on the um, Total Recall 2070 Highlander. I mean, there was a Raven. silver. 
So she was on a TV version of Highlander. She was in a TV version of Total Recall. Silver Surfer? Yeah. So, Total Recall. Mm-hmm. And there's a 2019 – well, no, that's today. Um, right. She was in the Firm TV series for two episodes. That's nuts. She's come up with your own stuff. Why don't you do something originally? She's taking whoever answers the phone, and I'm with her on this. So now she's like in uh, back in Canada with the family, but she's totally into yeah. acting still. Uh huh. They're calling her up and like, you want to do Steel Magnolias? Yeah, fuck yeah. It's calling me waiting for all my life. Great. <laughs> like, okay. Did you ever hear of Impulse? It's on YouTube Red. Impulse? No. There was a Timothy Hunted movie called Impulse where a town does whatever it wants. Like something possesses the people and they, they like pee in the middle of the street. What is <laughs> that? Is YouTube? Did YouTube? I see it? Yeah. What year? I don't know. You got like 81, 82. Like suddenly the town, like, you know, they fuck each other and they like, they do whatever, they break glass, they do whatever pleases them. They just do it on impulse. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if, it, I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I, I think I just remember the trailers. So in nine in twenty nineteen she was in Ransom, um, was a TV version of the movie. Yeah, Ransom? TV. I don't know, but it what it is a TV series. So like she had a lot of gigs in the nineties, and then it's like it feels like time to raise children because she went away for about fifteen years, uh, and then she had how, how, more work nowadays. I don't understand. Like, did the producers, uh, the showrunners were like, this will be a great six-season run of Hostage, of Ransom. Yeah, right. They yeah, we'll still have the kids. Yeah, oh, welcome to season two. They abduct another kid. <laughs> right. Like, oh, they're sending your child. We're sending him to college. <laughs> <laughs> For four years. Now he Season five. He your kid graduated. Now, here comes the guy who was like, I'm going to find out what's going on down there. Never mind. It took him all this time to finally walk down there. But uh, Donnie's going to totally yeah. shoot him. Uh-oh. Don't mess with the other Wahlberg. So the line superintendent oh. gets his. Good. I warned you. Wow. Got a machine gun in a subway station. Pow, pow, pow. Hot gun, hot gun. Yeah, he's all business in this movie. I think he's the only actor who's walking. Everyone else is just sitting around yelling at the microphone. There's another flip on the screen. This one? As far as I know, yeah. So their radar detector's really helpful. Because it lets them know who's coming. And, of course, they didn't have that in 74 version. No, yeah. And well, I in 2009, they had 2009 version either. And did the 2009 version, like, everyone's, like, going on their cell phones and they're like, what happened? We connected the – disconnected the router or some shit like that. I don't remember. I was, did see that film. There was also this interesting subplot in which he got a bribe, you know, Denzel Washington. Remember, Denzel Washington wasn't a cop, right? 
He was like Mr. Right. Blue said, I like you. I want to talk to you. I'm not talking to the negotiator. It was different. Huh. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He was just an everyman, Denzel Washington. Like how people mistake me for Denzel. <laughs> when, when they always have like uh, an A-list celebrity playing like an average show who gets mixed up in something, I'm always like, yeah, the average show looks like fucking Denzel Washington. Right. Great job. Mr. Handsome. So yeah. they find out that poor Chaz Holloway has been shot, and everybody in Command Central is freaking out. Oh, not he owed me money. I'm never going to get that money back. Now we're getting more of Bab softening Mr. Brown. You think you're yeah. a badass girl? <laughs> Is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, lady, I don't believe in Christ. We stopped talking to me. I had my soft neck. Right. Uh, you know what? If someone, like, took over the BART station, no one's going to notice. You know, they'll go in the, in the train. Uh, excuse me, everyone. Excuse me. I don't mean to take up any of your time, but uh, we'll be taking over your train. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. First I thought you were a panhandler. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to dance while, while the train's going. By the way, it was a 1993 Colin Ferguson shooting. Now, I know you don't know about that, but someone listening probably does. That was a big deal, that, uh, that incident. And they reference it in the, in the 90s television straight-to-DVD version. Okay, so I missed it, but uh, Mr. Gre uh, Mr. Green was just freaking out. Huh. So that leads them to say, this guy sounds like a disgruntled former worker. Can I have a list of all the people who got fired, you know? And they start to... Right, right. ...break down... Um, who could it be? Now we learn something that's a plot point that's not going to lead to anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. There is an undercover cop on the subway. But she, I got to tell you, she does not do anything. In the way end, she has a role and she shoots somebody, but she's hardly a player. Now he's, oh wait, New York freak out. Here he goes. She, he said the F word and they blanked it out. Wow. So this was maybe, do you think this was theatrically released? Uh, no, I think this was on ABC and I think they just, he's supposed to be a New York person. But he says something ridiculous. He says, I never thought talking to a murderer would take precedent over running a railroad. I mean, it's it's a dumb thing to say. Doesn't make any sense. Okay, now that young boy we saw, not only was he young Tony Soprano, but he was also 
Howard Stern in private parts as young Howard Stern in 1997. That movie was... Wow, I can't believe that movie was only 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when, that um, Howard was taken to his father's work and that guy started freaking out and breaking records? And Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard's father goes, I order you! The power invested in me from the federal communications. Now he was young Howard gawking, you know, watching. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Learn that within a 10 block radius, there's like 20 different places you could access the street. And that's for safety, but it sure does help a hijacker, you know? Oh, if you're going to. And there's Starbucks in every corner, so they can get probably get a frappuccino whenever they want. Now, here's something ridiculous. This guy tells the SWAT guy to go downstairs and then take him out. But that doesn't happen in the plot. But it is what he says. That is his line. And he sends the SWAT team down, and all they do is, like, observe. They're called snipers is what they're called in the, in the teleplay. Right. Now, a New York City car would have the number on the front of the train. That is one thing I notice that's different from a Toronto car. You would be, you'd see a big circle with the letter three, number three, um, letting you know what train was coming. Well, I mean, you could just tell by the sound if you're a real New Yorker. You'd be like, that sounds like the Pelham too. I uh, know you cannot, Mike. Uh, no. <laughs> It sounds like well, a train coming down the track. <laughs> oh, listen, when I'm in uh, San Francisco, I could tell, like, you know, the, what BART's coming, whether it's the Richmond train or not. Mm-hmm. I just close my eyes and uh, try not to get thrown into the train, and I could hear it. Yeah, you could just feel it. They announce it. They announce it. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. They'll say... Next train. So now we're getting the backstory of why he got why he's disgruntled. Um, they, there was like a um, there was like a train driver who was like contracted with the mob, and they would give him some drugs, and he would take it down the line and hand it off to a contact. And they framed him for it, so he's all bitter. Gotcha. So now, well, what a way to almost is like, hey, there was another voice on the line. Let's hear it back. And this is when they figure out it's some disgruntled guy. Sneeze. Flatbush. I mean, that's so it describes the woman of today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say that. Sometimes. Like that's about my tattoo. <laughs> Man, he almost has not stood up. No, he did. He was standing in the beginning of this movie. He hasn't left the center yet. Now, his this actor, who's just the disgruntled guy, his name is Richard Schiff. 
and um, he was on West Wing. People know him from that. He got an Emmy Award. Um, but he was actually like a director and producer, and then he tried his hand at acting. And the very first time he did, well, I could be wrong with the very first time, but very easily, Steven Spielberg just happened to watch this TV drama High Incident and liked him and cast him in The Lost World for Jurassic Park. And that led to him being oh. cast in lots of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, Spielberg likes to watch crap, you know. Yeah. Get inspired. I'm sure he was just sitting around, you know, you know, whatever, poolside having a – And some show. I'm sure the guy's – I'm sure he somehow, like, they, they pushed on I just said. I can't imagine. Now, um, he, I don't know his name, so I keep on calling him Gomer Pyle. Vincent Donofrio. Um, DiCaprio. Vincent DiCaprio. He was also in uh, 2015's, uh, you know, the Jurassic Park series, Jurassic World. In 2015. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, wait, 2015, so he was in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my he son the dinosaur. is a fan of Jurassic Park, and he says that the new ones, he just doesn't even care. They're not associated with the old ones, really, you know? Yeah, no, they mentioned, like, previously, we had tried a park, and now, welcome to the world. Right. They, they kind of reference in that one. That was our first try. Yeah, you know what? The second Jurassic World is like uh, kind of felt pointless, you know? Yeah. Well, the second one was when it goes to Los Angeles, and it was directed by Steven Spielberg. It was. But you're right. It's just sort of like a moneymaker. Oh, so you're talking about Jurassic Park 3. I was talking about Jurassic World 2. But yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. That was directed by Spielberg? The third, he did the first two. Jurassic Park was the first one, of course. And then The Lost World, yeah. which is when he goes to Los Angeles. That was the second one. That was right, right. Spielberg. The third one was... Yeah, with, I do just um, uh, Sam Neill and the yeah. boy from the first movie. Lost. Um, and that was also just for money, but it was a good one, I felt. But it was also not Spielberg and just for money. Yeah, but world is kind of I don't know world's all right it's tolerable but then by the second second world you're just like okay enough I don't yeah. need another fucking franchise making money okay now she's singing to the kid and Mr Brown freaks out call nine one one when you go to the phone to pee. She's really pretending to freak out. She's acting, acting. Huh. And Donnie tells her to get it together. Hold it together, girl. Was he in Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Was he in his brother's groups? <laughs> no, he was a new kid. You're right. He was a new kid. Excuse me, new kids on the block. He's related to he Mark, is he? Mark Wahlberg and Donnie Wahlberg, they're brothers. Really? <laughs> but what an yeah, age. And they have another brother. Huge age and their other brother has hamburgers. 
Donnie Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg are related. What made you think otherwise? Uh, because of the age difference, because of the years between their fame. Unless I'm wrong about that. Well, one was in New Kids on the Block, and the other one was in the Funky Bunch. That was concurrent. Okay, I guess so. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a definite uh, not paying attention. Oh, well, of course not, Mark. <laughs> uh, Mike, what are we talking about here? We're talking about New Kids on the Block, and we're talking about an advertising, yeah. right, an underwear commercial. Of course I wasn't paying attention. That was a... <laughs> right? He was a... Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, but the songs are separate. I mean, he went on tour with it. It wasn't like... Uh, he, he did have his underwear promotion, but... Listen, okay, anytime I'm watching the TV and it said, new kids on the block, I'm flipping the channel. Uh, you know that, I mean, we were into The Clash and uh, The Jam and, right. you know, we were not looking at, I remember on Fishburgers, you said, you're a new poopy head on the block. I mean, th that band was a joke to us. Of course I wasn't paying. Fishburgers, of course, public access television show we did in 1990. Everybody uh, knows for, that. for our new listeners, <laughs> yeah, go to our YouTube channel, Fishburgers, and check us out originally. But you know, there was that boy band phenomenon. There was, uh, and the new kids brought, and I guess a uh, new addition. Look, uh, if I grew up in the '60s, I wouldn't have been paying attention to the Osmonds. You know, it's it's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> new kids on the block. Who cares? I don't know one of their songs. You know their songs. Yeah, hanging tough. Hanging tough. <laughs> Am I tough enough? <laughs> okay. Yes. I'll have to Google that or YouTube it. Hanging yeah. tough. Am I tough enough? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Once you go to a record store and ask them if they have a copy of Tough Enough, I'm, Am I Tough Enough, please? Okay, so I would like to be very angry at this film because they have, have a Jewish stereotype on the train. And he talks like this. Hello, I am the Jewish stereotype. So he goes to Gomer Pyle and says, hey, can I ask you how much you are getting? You know, and, and these guys like, it's none of your concern. And he goes, a man likes to know what he is worth. I just think it's very insulting. Yeah, well, it is New York City. So, of course, uh, you know, you can't. Throw a dead, swing a dead cat without bumping into a New York Jew. But the thing is, I can say that. make the New York awesome. Jew care so much about money. And as a matter of fact, when the guy tells right. him $5 million, the Jew goes, each? And he goes, no, in, uh, in total. And he goes, I'm not worth very much. I mean, it's it's so, it, it's you don't feel I'm not even Jewish. And I feel insulted by that. Yeah, I guess, you know, well, someone has to bring that up. How are we going to bring up their salad? I know. How would you ask them? Okay. He asked for $5 million because he knew that that's what could legally. Oh, by the way, he said hundreds and fifties only, and there's a bunch of twenties in here. He's going to be pissed. Um, it is a New York TV movie budget. <laughs> he knew uh, what they could get together without, like, heavy authorization he knew that five million dollars was the highest he could ask for and get it in one hour that's why he chose that money oh. 
and that's the skim. Well, why can't they just drive the money train over? <laughs> the money train? Yeah, you've seen the movie The Money Train? There's a money train in the subway station that goes around and there's money in the train. They call it Money Train. I think I... That sounds very familiar. Is it a movie? Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Wesley Snipes. Should I see it? There's some content. No. Good. Yeah, if you have TBS, I'll put it there. But it was uh, it had some notoriety because there's a scene where they I think they throw acid or something on a uh, on a ticket seller and uh, and the booth and they said oh no real life don't do that don't do that in real life we're just a movie we don't want to encourage anyone. Now there's sister we see her every now and again she's a female in the center. Now what happens is a car crash there's an accident. You know, because they said we have to have this money in one hour, and you know this is like another uh, trouble in the you know making it hard for Edward yeah. almost. Now, did they just crash into a bunch of mannequins? Mannequins, yeah. Boy, you know how that can dent a vehicle. Oh my goodness! How many? What's the casualty count? The casualty count? Let me count we the monkeys. Well, we killed Mannequin and Mannequin 2 on the move. Forget the health of Come the on. drivers, get the money. By the way, the internet said it was very important to let you know these are Toronto motorcycle poli uh, cops um, vehicles, <laughs> not New York. New York motorcycles look different. Do we care? Gotcha. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, not really. Did you ever see Jackie Chan and Rumble in the Bronx? That was shot in Toronto. Oh, was it? Hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, it keeps going to Tim Hortons. All over the place is like the Toronto subway map on this car, but like you can't ever really see it. But the internet also thinks that's important, like it's a big gaffe that the Toronto map was all over this New York City car. Huh. Oh yeah, that's another deep. That's probably why I never got the HK release. It's a week, we're too embarrassed. We can't release that. So of course it's like there's been an accident, and Mr. Blue is like, "That's not my problem. I'm going to kill a hostage, uh, you know, for every minute that the money's not here." Right. Now of course he's got 14 minutes. Now look, it's down, and it's going to be time to kill a hostage now. What a bummer. So this is my least favorite part of my job. It's the worst part of the job is actually having to kill a hostage. I remember, I mean, it gets easier, right? As you kill more hostages, but. So Edward. It's almost, a lot easier if you. Edward almost yeah. gets the, the, the good idea to lie to him. The money has arrived. Funny. He just wants to have them not kill a hostage. Oh, well, good thinking. It is, actually. You didn't go. Yeah. It wasn't bullshit. Just made it. Where's my money? Yes. Yeah. Here's the next instructions. 
<laughs> so he's going to make them believe that they're going to ride the train to where an armored car will take them to a gassed up airplane for an international flight. And um, that's not the truth. They're really going to get off the train and have it go automatically and make it seem like, um, you know, while they walk away from one of those 20 exits uh, in a 10 block radius. So that's the big plan. Right. Now, they're stalling because the money really has just arrived. Those are all Toronto buildings, by the way. With the twenty eight. Do those officers think they are? Do you think they're Mr. Moneybags or something? Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> okay. The, Remember when I, Yeah. There's somebody the motion detectors has detected somebody in the on the tracks, but it's way too early for the money to be walking down. So we find out that it's Dumbass TV news people trying to get a scoop. Now, here we have a cop fantasizing that he's shooting someone on board. Wait, let's see. Hold on. All right. Oh, they got the press in there already. Yeah, I might have told. Oh, there he is. See, the cop, right? He thinks he's all alone. Yeah. So he's pretending. Right, he sees Mr. Brown, so he's like, and he blows the smoke off his fingers. Watch, there he goes. <laughs> really professional. So then he does the dumb cop move and makes a big noise and a whole bunch of, you know, he alerts the 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 kidnappers, the hijackers. Oh yeah. And for some. Oh, reason, because they see the camera. Start shooting. And while a current while a current affair records the whole thing, right? Current affair. Hard copy. Covering the most exciting news of 1998. Oh, Mr. Brown is shot. You should listen to cop. I I see the regular life. I see it coming. Yeah. Wow, a little shootout. Now, what, what's your opinion about when TV remakes theatrically released movies? Like, I know there was a sequel to The Jerk called The Jerk 2, but sometimes they'll do, like, yeah, it's, it's T-O-O, The Jerk T-O-O. And the dog's name is, like, stupid. His dog's <laughs> name is not shit. Who's the hero? <laughs> it's a guy who's similar to Steve Martin. I mean, it's, it's, it's Nathan, but it's played by a different actor. Uh-huh. And I, I think they just actually do a PG version of a G version of the, the jerk. It's on YouTube, I believe. Interesting. That might be our. Oh wow! Film. So top... okay. That so might be our next film. Bot Babs is like, I know first aid. I know first aid. And so she rushes over to help her. And what she does by helping her is say, apply direct pressure. That's all she does. <laughs> She's head head on. I've got a headache. Well, I have head on. Rolling. Oh, Vince is not into it. Now, unfortunately, for us, Mister Blue realizes that 
since they killed one of, since they shot one of his people, he's got to retaliate. So even though we don't know it, even though Babs gets a sense of it, Babs is about to get killed. And everybody can tell. Yeah. He's like, come here, come here. I'm not going to kill you, psych. Uh, dead cop walking. Even the little people I know that. Transit worker walking. <laughs> MTA. He goes, I want you to walk out there 100 yards and wait for them to bring the money, and then I want you to carry it here. And he goes, she's like, should I ask for a medic? And he goes, mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> Which, of course, he wouldn't say, bring a medic on our train, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just fucking with her. Uh, now, yeah. even Mr. Brown knows what's going to happen, you know. Right. Uh, can you sign my yearbook before you go? <laughs> before I go? Uh, That's the undercover cop, that woman. And she doesn't do anything, 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 anything until the way end of the thing. So did you know that she's like, I, obviously we're not really paying that thorough attention, but is it kind of tip their hat that she's undercover in the beginning? No, they tell us that there is an undercover, you know, in the control room, it's revealed that there's an undercover cop because there were two of them on the they were like heading home and one of them got off and so when this happened he goes she's on the train but she doesn't stop when they kill a cop she That's does so crazy well remember you keep calling her a cop she's a transit worker now she sees the dead guy yeah, she's like that you hear this uh these musical tones they were done by Stuart yeah. Copeland of the police. I saw his name there. That's crazy. He did this music. After the police. Uh-oh. Ba-bam. Oh, no. What happened? That is wow. It. So after the police, uh, he, like Mark... Ma Mother's Burrow, whatever his name is, of the Devo. He went yeah, into Devo. music for films and TV shows, and he had a lot of success doing it. Right. So this must have been a quick job for him. Yeah, I mean, like, immediately after the police, he did, like, Rumblefish, and he tried to continue on in pop music, but it was not working out for him. Uh, he's no sting, and uh, he uh, that's where he landed. And he had a lot of success. Did you – now, he had a brother, right, Miles Copeland? It was Stuart Copeland and Miles Copeland. And Miles Copeland owned the record company, IRS Records. Uh-huh. Or Co-Rent. And the police was on IRS. Like, uh, did you ever see a movie called Arg, uh, Arg uh, Music War? U-R-G-H? It might just be – yeah, U-R-G-H, Ugg Music War. I guess no. It's good. It's really good. It has Devo. It has the police. It has like 
uh, Wall of Voodoo and the Go-Go's and it's just all these uh, early 80s L.A. bands and international bands. And most of it was produced by Miles Copeland. It has a lot of IRS record label uh, people. The Cramps are in it. Oh, yeah, The Cramps. Can your pussy do the dog? <laughs> Can your pussy do the dog? The dog? Yeah, I'm a big fan of The Cramps. I'll see if that's a Netflix special. I don't know. Oh, I would I would definitely recommend it. Uh, it's a great movie. Just all it's just performance after performance of different uh, different bands at different locations. Gary Newman. Wow, that's yeah. Cool. Uh, here they are. Last stop. Is it well, kicking into the pee or what's going the, on? Yeah. Uh, okay, they're using the cops. I mean. <clears throat> they're going to go get the money from the cops and they're using the kids so that two things. One is they don't shoot the hijackers. And the second one is they're going to open, you know, if there's a die pack in the, uh, in the money. Yeah. Okay. He looks like a record label, a record cover. Vincent, the lighting? Yes, he does. And this whole thing is sort of art directed that way. Um, the colors are very bleak. I think that's probably our our uh, YouTube version. Yeah, it looks much better in 4K. HD. We this brought Tomorrow's. by critics. It didn't have high ratings. It kind of got forgotten about. It just seems like they had the title. You know, a lot of MGM movies get remade, uh, whether it's Point Blank or whatever, or, or RoboCop, just partially because they like to reuse the property. Uh, yeah. They, so someone probably said, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the woman who did this teleplay is called April Smith, and she really hugged the uh, Peter Stone. Uh, the guy who wrote the 1974 one was called Peter Stone, and uh, she really stuck to what he did she added stuff like the um the subplot with mr brown she added the motion detectors but i mean pretty much she kept to the original film yeah it was a book well, it was like a pot it was, yeah it was a popular paperback yeah um under the writing pseudonym the pen name of john goody um it, this book was written, this guy's name was Morton Friedgood, and it pretty much, you know, was called The Taking of the Pelham 123. This director, he's just TV. He's, his name's Felix Enriquez Alcala, and all of his credits are, are TV. Crime Scene oh, Education. Yeah. Um, uh, his breakthrough was episodes of abc short-lived drama series home front uh oh wait no he did the fire down below he did do a, do a oh you know with uh steven seagal and um yeah michael kane yeah mike for michael kane says that no, i love that movie he, at the end steven seagal the, the environment is good and uh destroying the environment is bad and yes. uh, people are trying to destroy the environment, and uh, that falls under the bad category. 
Because it's, it's not good to destroy the. It gets a really long speech at the end. How much is enough? How much is enough? <laughs> yeah, you, you do a better job of it. I guess I never remembered any of that movie. I really like that because Michael Caine, you know, this guy was his trusted bodyguard. And all of a sudden he was like, how much is enough? And Michael Caine keeps looking at him like, uh, 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 what, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was the best scene of the whole. Okay, so now he's explaining oh. himself. You shot one of my guys. I killed one of the hostages. You knew the consequence. And Edward almost, I think it's very ironic his name, because he was almost famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? He never burst out. I mean, he he was in movies. Look, he was Miami Vice. That's how we know him, right? He was the lieutenant in Miami Vice. He yes, was in sir. the Blade Runner films. But then he was in, like, even Cowgirls Get the Blues. He was in A Million to One. You probably remember that film, right? The, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's more stunt casting and even in Cowgirls. But he directed a movie, right? Uh, like, what was that? My American Life or something like that? And it was really good. I haven't seen it in a while. I miss uh, And he's, he's in the news now. He's, he's political. You know, he's a political uh, – yeah. he's out there doing uh, – Doing stuff right now, so he's still in the news. Yeah, but when you see him now, he's got this like kind of cool older guy, white beard, you know, like yes, he, he does. wasn't clean shaven. Uh, almost that we see in this movie. I think the Green Hornet in 2011 was his last movie credit. Wow. No, well, he was a Blade Runner. Too. Yeah, you're right. Cause that was 20. 49, which hasn't even happened yet, yeah. so you're right. Yeah, I'm up to it. Uh, 2017 was Blade Runner sequel, 2017. So yeah, yeah, so you're right. But of course he's gonna, he's good, they're gonna put him in that, of course. Yeah, hell, they had Harrison Ford in there for no reason. Harrison Ford. I was really disappointed in that film because when I started watching that film, it was great. And it kept it yeah. all the way up until the um, police commissioner was like, we have to keep things as they are just for the heck of it. I don't know. The film started to deteriorate. By the time he found Harrison Ford, it's like you said, what for? What's the point of Harrison Ford being in this film? It, it all just fell apart. He was just sleeping on the same bench he was sleeping on in the Star Wars sequels. You know, they're like, "Yeah, bring him in. Yep. Get the camera rolling." Yes. He closes nose with a feather. He wakes up. Huh? What's going on? All right, and that's a wrap of uh, Harrison Ford in Star Wars Eight. Thanks, Harrison. Okay, so now uh, they have this special contraption so that they can run the um, train without a person really being there. Because they have something called, like, the dead man's, I don't know, the the person, the operator has to have his hand on the thing, or it's not going to move. In case the guy, like, falls dead, you won't have some runaway train. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's good safety precautions. So, I carry that when I commute. I carry these metal bars in case this happens. 
the very reason. Okay, so the metal bars are to get around that. So they've got their money. They've told them that they got to turn on all the lights so that they're green all the way along. Are all right. Are all tracks clear? So it's going to make it look like they're making their escape to get to the armored car to get to the plane. But, of course, it's just a route that that they walk away. Because all the cops have seen Die Hard, so they know they're just getting fucked over, getting tricks. We will be doing what we said, wink, wink. Oh, shit, why did I say wink, wink out loud? So he pulls out the... Um, receiver and then Edward almost goes he's cut the connection it's kind of a joke <laughs> but it's for the screenplay you know so right wow look at these a creeper on the bus yeah well that's the one he's a... creeping on before and he did that on purpose to say to Mr. Blue you can't tell me what to do yeah, you're not tough enough. Are you tough enough? Ugh. Reference to a song I don't know. I can't believe you're not familiar with N B O T B N Y O T B. New no N K New Kids. But why would you think that I would be familiar with them? They were a boys band. I wasn't a preteen right. girl. Yeah, but you were caught up in it, right? I mean, didn't you have the pajamas and the the towels and the... (laughs) You've been referring to this movie as the New Kids movie. I mean, come on, give me a break. We should really watch the New Kids movie. Please don't subject me to that torture. Now, you pick the movies if that's what you want to do. I will be there, but please don't. Yeah. Okay, there goes the train running itself, and the passengers are just oblivious, right? But the now there's the cop. Yeah, okay. Is that the Jewish guy? Yeah, and he's telling her, don't you go anywhere, bay, you lady. So now she hops off the train, and she hurts herself. Yeah. This is why they keep telling you not to do that. Escape. And Richard Schlack is like, what was that noise? <laughs> They're doing what they said they were going to do. All no backstabbing. The dead man's pulley, the dead man's lever. Uh, I got it. Nobody's driving the train, they realize, so we can get terror. What? Okay, $5 million so they can each get $1 million. That makes sense. Now they have to get rid of their coats. They have to get uh-huh. rid of their firearms, and they have to get rid of their machine guns. Oh, so they're going to walk above ground as, like, human beings carrying all that money? 
where we're not criminals. We don't have no guns. Train out of control. Runaway train. Runaway train. Now, Donnie refuses to give up his machine gun. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a badass. Right. And he's like, hey, he may- new kid. Lose the lose the machine gun. He's so tough. He makes Skeet Ulrich look like Matthew Lillard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he's tough enough. What do you think? You think he's tough enough? Are you tough enough? Boom! He gets shot. Oh no! Look at that acting. He oh, fell. I guess uh, you get one point two five million a piece. They didn't hit the money, did they? Uh, no, we missed the bag. Like, why shoot a man who's carrying a million dollars in cash? Now they're putting two. Oh well, they're together, figuring out they must have beat the dead man's pulley thing. Now, the undercover cop gets her gun, even though she's all hurt because she stepped off of the train, and she shoots one of them. She shoots, uh, uh, I think it's Mr. Mm. Brown. Let's see. Mr. Red now. Mr. Red because of blood? Yeah. Got it. Or Pink Mist. Mr. Pink Mist. Boom! She shot. Oh. They heard the shot. And why do I got to be Mr. Pink? Cause you like the band. You like the singer Pink. You, that's all you talk about. Cause you like new kids on the block. <laughs> oh, that's a bust. Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg was on a bunch of TV shows, right? He's always one of those guys you just recognize on, like, procedurals or something. He was on a bunch of TV shows, and I have that written here somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure that oh, I was sure. so interested in it. Um, yeah, no. I I only wrote down that he was in uh, Band of Brothers. Uh, Zookeeper, Dreamcatcher, The Sixth Sense, Righteous Kill, Ransom... And he was in a bunch of TV, and I didn't write it down. Yeah. So now yeah, there's so. two of them, so they each get two point five million, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They must have spent an extra five minutes counting the money and then doing it. Here, have another suitcase. But I think Mr. I brought this extra Blue. duffel bag. Mister Blue does not come up. He goes over to the undercover police officer for some reason. He should have run away. Yeah, what's up with Blue? I thought he was the mastermind. I know. The thing is, what he should do, and this is what really happened in the 1974 one, too. He's now having a shootout with Edward James almost. Yeah. Uh, No, he's not. No, he's not. That's to come. Right now, he's like, I recognize you from the train. What are you, a cop? And he goes, the mayor's going to be at your funeral. 
what? A New York City mayor? Fuck that current guy. Who was mayor back then? 98. Uh, Giuliani? Giuliani, yeah. Giuliani? But he doesn't shoot her because Edward almost shoots him. Wow, almost is in two other scenes. Two different right? locations. He's actually shooting guys. I don't think so he's bleached out. It's almost black and white. I know it's crazy. It's that '90s style. I guess yes. Everything, everything looks like a CD-ROM. You go ahead and shoot. Shoot already. So are they using the same does, Because all these cops are coming as he commits suicide by touching the third rail. Oh, I thought he was going to Mr. Blow his brains out. Blew his brains out. Bl Mr. Blew his brains out. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Why would he touch the third rail? Didn't he read the sign? Don't touch the third rail. Tell me something, Anthony. If this was San Francisco, he would have taken his shit in the, under the tracks first and then touched the third rail. He said, do they at the bar electrocute people in yeah, like, Well, it's, oh, yeah. I should have worn Velcro shoes. He electrocuted himself. There's some cruel shoes. <laughs> By the way, they do uh, have a death penalty in New York at this during this year. Really? Yeah, but he said they don't. Do they still execute people? And he said no. Runaway uh, train, runaway train. That's our third act uh, climax here. Well, we only got like 10 more minutes. So. Yep. Short ride. Yeah, right, Canal Street, Christmas Street. Canal Street, Christmas Street. <laughs> How fast the train's going. Village, East Village, Outer Village. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Long Island. Yeah, that was fast. Whoa, that was quick. Hey, we're not dead. Hey, hey. I can stereotype. <laughs> now, here we are at the apartment, and he's loving his Get money. money pie. Get a fuck that money. Move over, American Pie. Wee! Is that slow motion, Joe? To be a music video right now. Yep. Wow, my salary for being in the Tele One Two Three DVD. The low budget, it's like five dollar bills. Oh no, fifty. It was fifties uh -oh. and one hundreds, even though we saw twenties. <laughs> yeah. It's just me and my money. Uh-oh. Money, did you hear that? Money, my wife's coming. Quick, <laughs> run in the closet. <laughs> now he's, they're, they're knocking at the door, as you can guess, and they're, they're looking 
there were only eight people left on the list because others had moved out of the city. They had died. Right. They had had medical problems, whatever it was. They did a lot of process of elimination. And they I'm got- almost there. I got 50000 in the bag, guys. It's going to take me a couple more minutes. Sorry, it took so long. I had to find another bag to put the money in. Yeah, just push it under the bed. You got to be careful because Pizza Wrap might steal your money. If I understand New York. I wonder if this is a Toronto set. I guess it must be, right? Yeah, they probably have the set in Toronto. Oh, they didn't shoot it in a new apartment. Now we learn that his name is Langman. It's the only name we learn. Oh, his name is Mr. Pickle. We'd like to talk to you, but we'd like you to brush your teeth first. <laughs> a reference, That's really the line? Oh, yeah. Reference to burglar. <laughs> yeah, burglar. That was fun when we watched that movie. It was. Because I was here this afternoon. Do you have any witnesses? Well, yeah, my cat. Ooh, bada bing, as we say in the other show. Wow. Yeah, she was so good in Goodfellas. Was she? Was she? Or did she do her job? No. I don't know. Good. She, she, uh, she conveyed it perfectly, and you know she went through the different phrases perfectly. It would be it's nice if she would have a facial expression. Well, that's just her acting. Yeah. Just, there's actors who are like that. They just, uh oh, money's out. Oh no, the money. Money's out. How gaudy! Huh? That's always new money flashing their their wealth. Yeah, new money is Who's old money? low class. New money. You can take the new money <laughs> out of the low class, but you can't take the low class out of the new money. Oh, I say that all the time. Remember seeing new garbage cans. So he's like, this guy has a nice. He's like, I don't know nothing. I'm fine. And then all of a sudden he flips and he's like, you guys got to get out of here. You don't have a warrant. And he freaks on him. Because they're going through his bed, like they're looking through his shit. Don't you need a, a Is that Campbell? Around in people's plots. Yeah, he is. I agree with this guy. Right. Yeah, yeah this is I'm just cooking Campbell's soup. <laughs> That's right. Hey, this is pretty expensive soup. Well, I, I on the way home, I got it. I had a million dollars. It's their organic line. It's about 10 cents more, but, you know, the ingredients are organic. It says so in the box. It's heart healthy. I pay extra. All right, watch this now. Here comes the big sneeze. Okay. Wee-hoo. Whoa. That's an actor sneeze, too. Oh, Busted. <laughs> Mom and dad catching you. But the thing is, Walt oh, and it ends like did it so much better, right? Do you remember the end in the 74? Yeah. He goes, I chew. Yeah. 
And Walter Matthau opens the door like, gotcha. Yeah, right. And then they don't immediately cut to the credits. God, this film immediately like, wah, wah, Commercials, you know, TV. Based on the original story, I owe Henry. Right, these credits are probably not even seen like this. They're probably in the corner on the TV set going, right. next on Sci-Fi. Right. It's Shark Plus versus is Crab Monster. Wow, these credits are rolling. All right, Carl, we are done. We made it to the end of the credits, no less. There's right. Leo, wrong way. What do you think of uh, the taking of Pelham 123 from 1998? All I can say is interesting, you know, interesting to see their take on it compared to the other two movies. I saw the other ones, and uh, it just was there. It was just there. And listen, they had some good actors there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had a lot of, like, uh, uh, good stuff. No, but, but uh, Dono Frio alone, right? He could have done some really good right. moments in which he, like, had a heart-to-heart with Edward almost. Or, you know, when Mr. They Brown was having her they're... moments, he could have stepped in. A lot of, uh, you know, dramatic points there didn't happen in this film. Well, I think a lot of this just had to do with the production schedule because a lot of the scenes were just almost in one room talking to on the phone. And yeah. then there was, like, two other, like, barrier shots. And then the other one must have been shot immediately. Like, they just, you know, I don't know. I have to say, it wasn't bad. I don't see the – if it was on TV, I would watch it. And just yeah. as much as I watched it right now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I can't imagine uh, – I don't know. There's, there's some things that are like the TV version of a movie I saw in the theater. Okay, why not? <laughs> so it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. I I liked it. It's probably my third favorite t- taking of Pelham 123 movies. Yeah, out of the three, it's it ranks third. And that's pretty good. Yeah, it ranks third. Yeah, it, it makes the top three. So that's not bad. Uh, all right. Well, that has been Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You can always listen to us uh, first on MutinyRadio.fm, Sundays at 2. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast feed. Under the name L W A F L M O Y T, subscribe but don't listen. We would love the uh, the numbers to go up. Uh, Carl, is there any way people can reach you? What's your phone number? Uh, yeah, it's two zero one eight seven. I better not. <laughs> nah. you still have a two zero one area code? That's yes, old school. Yes, I do. Jersey. Yes, I do. One. Yeah. I got an AOL email too. <laughs> What's the that jerk, email account? The <laughs> jerk two is out there. It's out there. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's T.O. Well, it's a TV movie. Wow. All right. Jerk, too. T.O. My only issue. Yeah. All right. Okay, so next week we're going to be watching The Jerk, (laughs) too, from 1984. Nightmare Uh, Man. Oh, my goodness. All right, there we go. So that's our next week's movie. That was easy. Oh, is this time? When it's funny, when I see full-length movies, and it's always prefaced with, like, say, Nightmare at Matinee, what I see is a guy who has a passion for these movies, and uh-huh. he's posting, not only is he posting them on YouTube, but he's kind of creating the Matinee feel, and, like, you know, it's a channel. I'm going to describe this guy right off the bat, Deranged Visions. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the trailer to The Jerk 2. Uh, dun, dun. 1979, America was in love with The Jerk. This Thursday at 8 p.m., ABC presents The Jerk 2. It's the same movie, even without all the recent shit. I was born a white guy with a white family, and nothing happened. Deep, deep, deep. It's family entertainment. TV sanitized The Jerk. Rated yeah. R. Rated G. Rated G. Rated R. Still rated R. Well, that's been our show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, we look forward to you checking us out next Sunday and being with us as we watch The Jerk 2 from 1984. Carl, it's been a pleasure. I, I agree. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Michael. See you next time. Thanks. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike. Spiegelman, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hello, hello. This is MutinyRadio.fm in San Francisco, California. And it is time to ride the morning train.
the music of Jerry Allen begins today's journey on the morning train. Jerry Allen, of course, the great pianist who has played with many people over the years and from one of her own albums as a leader there in a trio setting. The album was Twilight. That's with a Y, T-W-Y-L-I-G-H-T. Released in 1989, the Jerry Allen Trio with uh, Jeribu Shahid on the bass, Tani Tabal on the drums. We heard When Kabuya Dances and Shadow Series, the vocalist on the latter, Clarice Taylor Bell, the music of Jerry Allen. Here on the the morning train, Freeform Radio for Free Minds. We're heading into a long stretch with Charles Mingus. So sit back and dig it. Thank you. 